0: Okay. It, looks like, it looks like I'm not listening, but my computer is here and the screen is here. I just broke my screen on my computer.
1: Perfect. I love that side view of you anyway. It is. That's pretty dope. That's it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jonas, man, thanks for coming on. Um, so uh, just so you have a little bit of background, I'm not sure if I told you before, this is the voice podcast. Um, so this is a, a podcast that we do for St. Lawrence College and the Students Association, so the student, student union at the school. Really? Uh, this is sort of to keep all our students informed uh, with uh, everything that's going on. And we wanted to bring you on because um, you know, you're know you a musician yourself. So why don't, you, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
0: Okay, uh, I'm Jonas, I'm 25. I grew up in Canterbury, England, It's a city about an hour southeast of London in the UK. And then I moved to Kingston when I was 19 and been playing around town ever since then and i play in a a rock and roll band uh based out of kingston called the wilderness
1: very cool so why did you pick kingston specifically
0: um it's kind of a long story so my my mom was born in toronto so has a so she's canadian and i got a canadian passport um so when i was 16 yeah 16 i came over here for a summer um I i worked at a summer camp about an hour north of here it was like one of those experiences where your parents were like all right you're you're a troublemaker in school you need to go and learn some responsibility and they sent me to the other side of the world to do that um sent you to had the, the wilderness the, exactly i <laughs> um, had the best summer ever and caused way more trouble than i did good i think but um that was that was kind of like my introduction to kingston because kingston was the nearest city i guess to the camp, so I spent all my days off here. Um, made some good friends here, and then when I was nineteen, I was I'd finished high school, and I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do for my life? And my plan was to come back to Canada, hang out here, maybe get a job, see see what happens, then go back to England a year later and go to university. um So I came over in July of that year. I ended up I, I played at the uh, the Buskers Festival. Um, in Kingston, traveled around a bit, and then uh, one thing led to another, and it's been six years, and I haven't left. Wow! In so, seven years,
1: actually. Yeah, it's it's been wow. That's crazy. Seven years. I know. So, and you, when you when you came over here, is this is that when you it kind of clicked for you that this is what you wanted to do, or was it kind of your whole life mission to be the next Bruce Springsteen?
0: Well, as it happens um let me just consult my uh autobiography <laughs> um, <laughs> and my shrine oh wait oh fuck. can you still hear me oh yeah okay i've lost the screen but i've got a shrine to bruce springsteen on the wall behind me
2: oh nice there he is oh nice
0: <laughs> um well funnily enough like I, I always loved playing music and i always wanted to play music and i played in bands back home in in the uk and one of which we played over here at the buskers festival in 2013 but my plan was actually to go uh when i was supposed to go back to the uk to the university i was supposed to go back for uh i had two two choices one was film studies um at oxford brooks university and the other one was music at the university of westminster so i hadn't really made up my mind i just knew knew that i loved playing music Mm um and i knew that i wanted to do it but like i wasn't really i wasn't really sure how i would do that so it was you know either i'll go to university and do like a music business degree thing music production degree thing or i'll do film studies and then kind of see what happens but um pretty pretty well as soon as i arrived here i was like you know what i've been i spent the last uh, from the time i was 15 to 19 playing music and especially after spending a whole year here and then deciding not to go back to the UK. It was pretty clear to me at that point. It was like, yeah, it's going to be music or nothing else.
2: Right. What is it about Bruce Springsteen that you have
0: a shrine and a book to him? And The Bruce Springsteen tattoo, Bruce Springsteen lyrics. I'm, I'm obsessed. Um, (laughs) One of my earliest memories of music was listening to Bruce Springsteen. So that, that helps like my mom listened to him a lot growing up. Um, My First, first one of the first bands I played in back home. We we covered a Bruce Springsteen song, and my good friend Alex from 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 back home. We played music together as kids, and he really got me into to, to Bruce. And it's just like it's something about I love the big band sound. I love the kind of defiance of it all. You know, like we're gonna. It's all. It's very hopeful and optimistic. A lot of his music. Right. Um, he writes about from the, from the perspective of other people, which I think is awesome it's it's politically charged it's honest um and it's really authentic and yeah there's something about about his lyrics and also just like his story of his the way he did it that i just find super inspiring
2: don't we owe the carlton dance from saved by the prince or prince uh, fresh prince of bel-air to bruce springsteen
0: we owe everything to bruce springsteen <laughs> <laughs>
2: So going back, so you're into film
1: studies. So I didn't, I didn't know you're a bit of a film buff. Are you in, and is that still something that's a part of your life?
0: Big time, huge. Yeah, I um, I love, I love movies. I listen to a film review podcast every week because I'm a nerd. Oh wow. Um, and uh, and I, I've done a lot of video editing. Like I do a lot of video editing for the band. Right. Um, that's something I've always loved, and I've always got a kick out of. Is you know like. Working on a little project, um, so I'm I'm actually editing something for the band right now as we speak. So I found that the two just really worked well together. They kind of went hand in hand, you know. It's like if you have a passion for for film, like you're and a passion for music, they're going to work together. You Absolutely. Know? Like, you know, especially in the day and age of like digital media and stuff like that, where you've got, um, you know, you can't really have one without the other. You can't have music without like. Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of, stuff. or, or rather be a musician without Instagram and Facebook and, and vice versa. So I found that like being able to combine the two mediums has been a really useful tool for like
1: Absolutely. marketing. Especially in and today's stuff. age, right? Totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a really big help.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, like my favorite movies are like Scorsese movies and those are some of the best soundtracks that there are
0: totally yeah oh yeah
1: and that's part of the appeal to them is because the the music just dives you right into that it gives you that feeling of, of
2: how they want you to feel about the
0: movie absolutely for sure yeah
2: that's the thing that i like about baby driver right because it's that's just a great like, movie great a, example it's a it's a music video it's like a 90 minute music video yeah you know it's yeah. just a great a great movie with a great soundtrack and it just the the beat and how it goes along it's just everything um has to do with music, right?
0: Totally. Uh, that's such a great example, too, because one of the things I love about Baby Driver is how they use the soundtrack with the the visual and how they edit the visual to the soundtrack. And that's like a, that was a huge, huge uh, film. when i when I watched that, I was like, oh my God, it kind of like blew my mind of, of the way you can use music and film at the same time
1: yeah absolutely. yeah exactly, and so yeah. relatable to so many just music lovers, right, because it totally. wasn't that he was necessarily a musician, he just loved
2: music so much, and which totally. that, that's all and that's the and the thing that with that too is that how many times are you just like um sitting in your car and just listening to music, yeah, right, and a lot of people they like their biggest source of music comes from sitting in the car in traffic or commuting or things like that, right
0: oh yeah, so, for sure so that
2: guy being a driver and being a huge music fan you know it just it makes sense for a lot of people too right it's uh you can relate to that
0: totally i'm always sitting in my car waiting to rob a bank just <laughs> <being
2: around. laughs> well as a matter of fact i don't rob a bank unless the right song comes on absolutely yeah yeah exactly you're bailing
1: if it's the wrong soundtrack exactly yeah,
0: yeah.
1: um so jonas how, how did the wilderness get started
0: so um so I I've been playing in this in this band back home, and we came over here and we did the, the the Buskers Festival together. And they went back to England, and I and I stayed here. That was kind of how it went. And did they and stay I, here for about a year or so, or was that just... no? It was it was me. So we we stayed here for we came out in twenty twelve for seven weeks, went back, came out again in twenty thirteen, and they stayed for about two months, and then they went home, uh, and I stayed. So. At that point, I felt a little bit bereft, you know, because I've been playing with those guys since we, we were teenagers. And right. we, weren't, we weren't very good, but we had a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and and I tried doing the whole solo thing for about a year, and I found it incredibly lonely and boring. Um, so I was pretty desperate to to, to join a, a band or start a band once I got here, but I didn't know very many people. Um, so I was introduced to Sasha, the guitar player, and we we played together one day and just kind of like strummed our guitars and you know that was that i didn't see him again for another six months or so so i started working at musiki um which was a great place to meet other musicians and to sort of hang out in the music scene and then one night in very beginning of uh 2015 um the the open mic night carl sasha and henry came in and they played at the open mic and I kind of hung out and I, I'd known Sasha from playing with him in the past and I'd met Henry just like through Sasha and I think I you know, had a conversation with Carl too. So at that point, there was nobody there because it was, there was a huge snowstorm outside and Carl and Sasha had been trying to play like every open mic in Kingston because they were trying to start something. So we had a little chat and I was like, oh man, like I'd love to just play with you guys. And we ended up just hanging out and jamming because there was no one there because it was a huge snowstorm. Yeah. And then I was like, "So you guys want to start a band?" <laughs> and the next day we had a we had a, a rehearsal, and I had a bunch of songs that I'd written. And Carl had a bunch of songs that he'd written, and it, it, the, everything just kind of fell into place, you know.
1: That's great. And so are you, yeah. you and Carl are sort of the main songwriters of the band, or is it sort of a huge collaborative effort?
0: It's funny, actually. It it it's changed a lot over the over the years. So back in the in at the very beginning when the band started, it was a case of. Here are some songs that I had written, and here are some songs that Carl had written, and we played those for a while. And then for a while, I would say that I was the main songwriter, um, and every now and then Carl would come with a song. But most, like more recently than not, like we've all had a, a hand in writing. Um, you know, sometimes I'll I'll have an idea for something and I don't know what to do with it, and I'll take it to Liam, and then he'll write some lyrics or uh, um, with Carl or. You know, on the, the record that's coming out this summer, it's definitely the most collaborative thing we've done in terms of songwriting because there's a song that Nick wrote. Uh, there's a song that Sasha and Carl wrote. There's some songs that I didn't have a hand in writing at all, which is actually pretty cool because usually I, when I write a song, I get so married to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's, it was, it, over the years, it's become a lot more of a, uh, a collaborative thing rather than sort of like a one or two person job.
2: Absolutely. And um, how many members are in the band? Six. What, all,
0: what do you guys play? So I'm, uh, I'm rhythm, guitar, and vocals. Uh, Nick is saxophone, percussion, and uh, backing vocals. Uh, and sometimes keys. There's Liam, who plays keys, synths, and percussion. Henry drums and vocals. Carl bass and bass. And uh, Sasha is uh, lead guitar and backing vocals. Nice.
2: Right, so you guys have a pretty big ensemble.
0: Trying to make it as big as the East Street Dan, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, man, what what have you been up
1: to ever since this whole thing started?
0: I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption too. <laughs>
2: feel, that's that's the general consensus, man. Arthur, how many lives does that dude have?
0: Oh, dude, I love him so much. I'm obsessed. I like I I played that game start to finish before, and I'm doing it again. I I I yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I was just playing it. It's Before just as enjoyable
2: the second time as it is the first time. Like probably Did you even more. different them? choices the second time. Like the first time, I was like a good guy, you know. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna be all right, you know. The second time, I was like, no, I'm gonna be a bandit. I'm I am gonna be an to outlaw. Screw everyone over. I'm just, I just, I'm in it for the money.
0: Yeah, totally. And I love that you can play it that way. Um, other than R- Red Dead Two, which has taken up a lot of time, uh, been doing some live streams. Yeah, I mean, working on um, some video content for for the forthcoming release. Done oh, a lot of Zoom calls with the guys. Um, I honestly like, you know, people have been saying, "Oh, this must be a great chance for you to like sit down and write," but it honestly hasn't because in January we took like two two and a bit weeks to write. So we were we did a writing thing in January where we wrote a whole album and then spent all of February rehearsing it, and then the first. Two weeks of March in the studio re- recording it. So when when we came out of the studio, there was like one day of normal life before like the lockdown happened. And it was like, well, I'm kind of all like music and writing out right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind and of. you guys you know,
1: isolated yourself while you were writing that whole album.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, while we were writing it, we were isolated, and while we were recording it, we've isolated. So it's basically been like I've been in isolation for like the whole year. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, so have you kind of taken this as a bit of a reset button in a way just kind of like a, a relax button or or, yeah. or take a different approach to it
0: for sure like you know it's been nice to like do some stuff around the house you yeah know? like for, you know like there, there's not much time in my life where i usually get the chance to like sit down and just play right dead and just hang out so that's been really nice but like we have been we've kind of keeping our finger on the pulse and the nose of the grindstone so to speak like we're gonna be bringing out a single and an album we were supposed to be on tour in europe right now which is a bit of a bummer right um but we're trying to we're trying to like sort of reevaluate how we're doing things and tr- trying to sort of adapt to the situation and think okay how how can we exist as a, as a band in 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 this climate and i think the, the consensus we came to is like we're gonna keep existing and keep putting stuff out there whether or not we can tour it and play shows right now so we're just trying mm-hmm. to reevaluate how to how to exist in this kind of world
1: and how have you been finding the live streams that have been going on
0: i think it's awesome i mean like one of the things that i think is really cool is um you know throughout this whole pandemic and and lockdown people have been turning to the arts for like uh, escape from the world more now so more than ever maybe um so it's really cool to see so many musicians and artists are adapting really quickly and sort of taking their, their craft from a, a, a physical thing to sort of a virtual thing and yeah. seeing what they're doing. Um, a lot of people, myself included, um, I've been talking with other musician friends who quite, have struggled quite a lot with the uh, with the live stream thing because it's it's very different from playing a show, obviously, you know, there's no applause, there's no there's no people like in front of you you're in your bedrooms or in your apartments you can kind of just like maybe kick back and relax a little bit and forget that there's people watching you and also the uh the tech side of things has been a bit of a struggle too like i found that uh it took me about six weeks to really figure out the best audio situation but you know it's a learning curve and everyone's learning at the same time it's not it's not going to be like a one-to-one transaction of like oh you know i was a musician on stage and i can easily just convert that to the virtual world there's a lot there's a learning process involved there but 100 it's been really cool to see how people are doing it
2: and yeah. what do you feel is going to be like um, in the future for this? You know, I mean, like obviously we're going to come out of this, and w- there's going to be live shows again, and you're going to be in front of people again. But do you see any like benefit to this um, new kind of digital quarantine thing that could be used for future
0: projects? For sure, man. Like, I'm 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 really hoping that the, the live the live stream thing doesn't replace. Um, uh the music industry as it as it is because you know i personally would take a show any day over a live stream however it is a really cool non-committal way i guess to engage your fans because they don't have to do anything you know it's like you don't have to sell them a ticket they don't have to leave the house um you can just say hey i'm I'm going on for three hours two hours like come join me for 20 minutes or one song or the whole thing you know so that's that's a really nice way to be able to engage and i think also it's there's a lot of transparency um when you're doing a live stream as opposed to a live show because a live show there's also you know there's the glitz and glamour of like the stage and lights and sound check and people selling tickets and the band is here and the artists are here and the the crowd is there you know what i mean yeah and there's like that there's a there's a even though I don't necessarily feel it, I'm sure that there is like some kind of divide. Well, it puts you on a
1: pedestal, right? Like it makes exactly. you kind of like, like this, this these kind of like godlike figures when you guys are on the stage.
0: Yeah. This has been an amazing way to kind of like strip back that illusion of like, you know, we're like these rocks stars because we're not. We're just dudes who play in a band and live in Kingston. And like it gives people a, a real, a real, like a, it's not a real connection, it's not a physical connection, but it gives them like a, um, Personal a, a, yeah a real personal connection to to the band and, and to the to the players because you know literally however how many people are watching are like beamed into your bedroom you know and i think that's really cool i think it, it yeah adds a certain level of humanity to to the whole thing
1: and it, and it probably inspires people to be like oh well like you know like uh, that looks like my bedroom or like you know i and i play in my room all the time and like I can probably do that myself. Like, like it probably sure. requires people to like. I can I can go out and play music. Like,
0: for sure, man. And 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 you know, if if you're if you're shy or you get stage fright and you're nervous, this is a pretty excellent way to to kind of get over that because you're in the comfort of your own home you there's know, no one
2: really in front of you i mean even though people yeah. are watching you you can't see them watching you
0: yeah exactly so that's that's actually a really a really cool thing and, and read you're right like god damn it sorry um i i think there's maybe a, a a common misconception around how like maybe it's like an old stereotype of how like you know musicians are of like being like these like you know gods or whatever which just like honestly isn't the case unless you are an actual rock star like most of the musicians i know who are like some of the best musicians i know work another job live in a small apartment or a small house like everyone else and yeah. and it's been really cool to kind of like break down that that barrier and, and and sort of let people know that yeah we're just we're just human beings who just play music that's the only difference between you you watching the live stream me playing is that I'm playing music right now. That's it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Not that I think anyone thinks I'm a god because I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I had that perception the
1: entire time, though, man. So like this, this is what it's taught me. Behind. Now you
0: know that I'm just a piece of trash like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so.
2: so what do you think have been some of the, what are the the biggest challenges, you know, now that you're in the mid-quar, you know, you said that you guys finished your album are you know, supposed to be on tour and then that got cut short, you know. So what are like the biggest challenges that you and the band face right now, you know, to try to get back together, re-rehearse and to try to get back out there?
0: Oh, well, I mean, for one, it's put like everything that we that we had planned or hold indefinitely, you know, like you have you have contingency plans in place for like you know if this tour gets cancelled for some reason, but like like you know we we certainly didn't have a contingency plan for like the year that we record our album and have like a ton of tours books is also going to be the year of a global pandemic, you know, so it's like it it definitely flipped things on our head and you and a lot of stuff is being delayed or postponed indefinitely and and it's been a real struggle to think of like okay how can we adapt and like how can we how can we look to the future because there's so much uncertainty like this album that we've been working on do we sit on it until the world is functioning in some semblance of normal again or do we release it uh now because everyone's at home and has nothing to do and and you know a big challenge is uh we can't Meet in person to discuss any of this, uh, or to rehearse, because you know we're all trying our best to, you know, practice social distancing and so forth. So that's been a big challenge too, because usually we spend every day together, um, and now, now we're having to adapt very, very quickly to 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 see how we can function, um, also w- within the confines and the rules of you know staying healthy and responsible in like a global pandemic so it's it's been a big challenge but we're uh we're pretty gung-ho on on making this work and and sort of writing this out and trying to adapt in in any way that we can
1: Mm -hmm. and for someone like you you know so Has has this, in a way, kind of helped you? Kind of like, have you kind of put a halt on some of of thinking about it too much? Like you're someone who you're pedal to the metal, man, and like you know you're 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 all about the grind and and work, 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 work. Has this kind of stopped that a little bit for you? But or or are you always just thinking about okay, what what can I do next? Uh,
0: Like honestly, it's a bit of yes and no. Like it really depends on a day to day basis. Like sometimes I'm thinking like okay, like. I got this These are all the things I got to do. I got to do this Zoom meeting, and then I've got to like plan like our our, our virtual world domination, uh, as opposed to our physical world domination, or you know all that kind of stuff. And like, it, it comes on a day to day basis, you know. Like that, regardless of whether the pandemic happened or not, there is a lot of back end work that needed to get done, like that you you do on your computer rather than on the stage. So it's been an opportunity to kind of do that without any distractions. But also, it has been quite nice to just actually like take a take a breather from it for a while you know like uh we've done like 400 shows since um since 2015 we rehearsed every week at least once uh we had a a a band meeting at least once there was there was always something you know there was always something to be doing um to the point that like i between like going to work and doing band stuff like i had no time to do anything else yeah so it has been really nice to like have some time to do other things you know absolutely i don't know like i've joined seemingly what every other person in the world has been doing right now i started baking dude i made baguettes that's sick
2: everyone is baking what's the deal with baking who
0: knows dude why is everyone baking
2: anywhere and when you do it's like well i got it gotta use it
0: i know it's crazy
1: it was Tiger King and Baked Goods for a little while.
0: I know, I know. Yeah, I've been practicing my Joe Exotic impression and just waiting for the call for when they cast me as Joe Exotic. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's been nice just to, like, I don't know, just, you know, the band stuff is always there. And there's always work to be done. But absolutely, there was so much pressure before this happened to, like, to, to do so much like you know yeah. I was i was like up to here in u.s visa applications and it's like the bane of my existence Then it's like oh now we're not going on tour in the u.s for a long time so i don't have to worry about that anymore <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. it's been nice to just you know walk the dog and watch tv and drink beer and barbecue shit i don't know <laughs> yeah and then once, once
1: we can get back to it that's when you can start thinking about getting back to
0: it right totally yeah and like you know the the work the work definitely hasn't stopped there's definitely stuff to do but like the workload has shifted and it's been kind of like a different work that we can kind of do at our own pace and man like i know as soon as restrictions get get lifted it's going to be like balls to the wall again and i'm looking forward to that it's been a nice little break
2: yeah so are you looking to um book some shows like um locally right now while we're still in the core or are you like uh, gonna wait till like the restrictions are lifted and then start looking towards booking shows
0: it's really difficult to, to, to know because like a lot of the stuff that we were booked for in may and june has now been booked back to october um and september so I'm finding that a lot of what's happening now is that stuff that was supposed to be happening now has been shifted for everyone further back. So like to, to, to book anything for like September, October right now has proved rather difficult because a lot of people are coming back to me and saying, um, uh, sorry, we're not booking anything right now uh, because we want to wait to, to get some more like, guidelines and rules from the provincial and federal governments before we start thinking about this or yeah. other people are responding saying, we're completely booked up because everything's being rescheduled to this month right um so we're gonna kind of have to play it by ear and sort of see what what happens but like i I was talking to the guys the other day and i was like as soon as we can we're gonna play a show in kingston yeah and i think that's i think that's like you know i think that's what our community needs i think that's what we need i think it's probably the safest thing to do you know if you know to play in sorry
2: what's your favorite place to play in kingston yep
0: um it was the brooklyn rest in peace yeah um we used to play there every friday i love playing the toucan um the two is always just like a good grimy rock and roll sweaty time the last show we did was uh blue martini and that was a great time i love all the outside stuff in the summer man like the more more we can play outside the happier i'll be like back to the farm is an amazing one
1: yeah
0: um yeah, I don't really have like a favorite because there's just, I mean, we've been very, very fortunate enough that we played a bunch of places around town and they've, they've been, they've been great, especially in the last year or two. It wasn't always that way. We play some places back in when we first started and, they were, and it was terrible because we were terrible. But um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to play a show in Kingston at a venue as soon as it's safe to do so. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of our friends here. Um, there's a lot of people we care about here. And I think, you know, it, it'd be good to have a little pick me up for the city you know yes
2: oh absolutely
0: to get the to get the rock and roll train moving again in Kingston
1: and are you hearing about from any of the venues like do we know do we know what we're going to see open again or do we know what we're not going to see open again do you have do you have any idea on that
0: I don't know I really don't know right now like I think I think you know unfortunately because of the nature of the beast like a lot of a lot of bars and restaurants and music venues are are pretty nickel and dime, and yeah, yeah, in terms of profit margins, at the best of times, and uh, and now we're seeing that they can't operate or can operate under a very very small capacity of sort of takeout and stuff like that. So it's a shame because a lot of places I think are hurting. I'm, I don't know this for for fact, but I can only assume that you know they've got no revenue coming in, the rents are still having to be paid. So I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that like the city, provincial, and federal governments are going to do things to uh, uh, to protect small businesses. Um, but I don't know what's going to open first. I don't know what's what if anything is going to close. And I can just cross my fingers that every everyone and everything is going to come out the other side of this. You know? Yeah,
2: absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Have, have you been hearing the other musicians? We have, like, a big festival or something, you know, kind of like, we made it through, you know, and then it's like, you know, we have something, like, the city, like, recognizes our effort, you know, because, like, man, this it has been tough staying at home for everybody, right?
0: I th- man, that would be amazing. Uh, and who knows how far off we are, you know, from that point, because, you know, the, the, the way they implicated the uh, the restrictions were, you know, it was no groups of, 2000 and then it was groups of 200 and blah, blah, blah. So I imagine that well, what will probably happen is that they will reverse the uh, restrictions in the same order, in like the reverse order of that they, um, in, 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 what's the word?
1: implemented, yeah.
0: Implemented then, yeah. yeah. Um, so man, that would be amazing. Like if, if that's, you know, if comes September, October, November, this December, whenever it is, it's like, all right, we can now have a huge gathering. Let's throw a party. That'd be great. But, um, I I uh, I was reading a uh, an article online saying that like big festivals and uh um big gatherings of over 2000 people it looks like it's not going to happen until 2021 which sucks but it might be a good thing for small venues right I was thinking about this that this might cause like a, a renaissance in like indie bands and small music venues because they'll they might be for a while the only place that people can get live music like you know as much as I love Springsteen, he's not going to be going on tour anytime soon. And he's certainly not going to be going on tour playing a 200 capacity room. You yeah. know, it doesn't make any financial sense for a band like that to do that. But for like, you know, indie bands and small music venues, if that's the only place that people can get live music, that might be a really good thing for us. It sucks for the people higher up, the, the food chain. But but they, like, but they,
2: I mean, I'm not going to, I don't want to be like a jerk and say they had their chance, but they're already, they're already, you know, household names. Yeah. You know, it's, let's, let's give, you know, the wilderness a chance, you know, and
0: it, it, are, it honestly, you know, yeah, it might be a, I mean, like
2: Kingston that already have so many bands and already has like that, um, live music mentality, you know, and there are so many venues that already have, you know, stages set up and ready to go. Yeah. Like, why, why wouldn't Kingston be, you know, the center point?
0: Totally, man. And like, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, we can only speculate right now, but I'm thinking, you know, I, as much as it sucks that we might not be seeing big festivals and large gatherings and huge shows until you know a year from now the positive side of that might be that you know that the, the people who would go and spend you know a couple hundred bucks seeing Elton John or Beyoncé or whoever it like the Scotiabank arena might be desperate for live music and might just want to go to the place that's is allowed to be open and has a local band playing you know and that might be a really good thing for for local business and local music
2: absolutely yeah,
0: most definitely fingers crossed for that
1: yeah and have you so have you been hearing from other musicians about their situation and what's going on um and, may, and maybe like how do you think like other people in the community can support them right now
0: um yeah i mean i've been chatting with like musician friends i was walking the dog yesterday and i saw a couple of the guys from oakridge uh oakridge Ave, sitting outside their place and you know seeing how they were doing and i uh chatted with a buddy of mine who plays in the band called the honest heart collective from thunder bay and um you know honest heart they they took this time to to renovate their their jam space and, and studio which is super cool um, they've been doing live streams they're they're working on some new material and uh they're going to be sort of looking to tour again maybe next year i was talking to oprah jab and they just released an album um so they're going to get some vinyls pressed and you know like Every everyone is i i that i talk to is is kind of trying to take this in their stride and trying to adapt in a in a responsible way and mm-hmm. everyone's looking forward to the future of being able to get out and, and play music again on on stage and play music together and in the same room and you know we're kind of we're taking every day as as it comes as you know unfortunately you know and i guess maybe rightly so you know m- music and musicians aren't on the list of essential services you know like, you know it
2: yeah, but might, it, that's mental health they should
0: be for sure well yeah totally man and it, it you know it might it might feel essential and um you know a lot of people are turning to music for, for an escape but you know it's um i can't i can't i can't sit here and be like no like what i do is is more important than like you know a grocery store right now for example um but but you know like musicians are still here we're still we're still alive we're still working away and i think you know the best way to support your favorite bands right now is to you know tune into their facebook or instagram when they're doing a live stream engage with their content you know maybe buy their buy their merch if 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 you know you have a couple of extra bucks kicking around like everyone's hurting right now you know and that's that's a real it's a real problem um you know so you know it's 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 a shame it's a tough financial situation for a lot of people and small businesses are hurting musicians are hurting everyone is so you know if you can you know go and go and buy a cd or go and buy a record or or
1: yeah well no, talk, e- talk about the vinyl e- that you guys just released
0: oh yeah so um i was honestly like pretty pretty perfect timing because uh, we put out an ep in november of november 2018, 2018. Yeah, so it's been it's been a while since it's been out, but um, we got a vin- we got vinyls pressed. Uh, we got two hundred of them uh, with a bonus track on there of a live recording of of us playing a show in Kingston. Um, and so we put them up on our website, and people have been super supportive. Um, and uh, I also did zero contact, social distancing deliveries around Kingston. So a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I delivered sixty five records around town, which is super cool. They are all plastic wrapped. I Lysol wiped them. I got people to like leave me delivery instructions and stuff. So like, you know, some people I'd leave them on their porch or you know, they'd, they'd come outside yeah. and we'd create a little no man's land between us and them to grab the record. So that was a huge, huge thing for us because that, the, the, the sales from those records helped cover some bills that were not going away, which was really nice. What's the process of getting on vinyl? Um, it was far less complicated than I expected uh there's a company called precision pressing they're based out of burlington um and they're super helpful we basically contacted them saying hey look this is what we need to do they said wait well here are your options do you want like the deluxe multicolored, super duper cool vinyl with the 18 page poster inside or do you want something kind of simple and they sent us templates um, and we did the, the artwork sent it to them paid them then they sent us six test pressings in the mail we listened to them, made sure everything was good, signed off, and then a couple of weeks later I had five boxes of vinyls turn up at my on my porch. It was nice. Yeah, like it was so, so much easier than I expected. And they precision pressing a great Canadian company. Um, so it was nice to be able to work with them throughout That's all this great. too. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. And I and it's yeah. nice because of, you know that that EP brings back a lot of memories from from the last year totally Um, get it on vinyl right like that's that's great and it's great You like 65 people willing to buy that
0: yeah it was amazing like right off the bat 65 people i was i did i drove like 300 miles around kingston just like between (laughs) everyone's house it was great um and people are buying them online we put them up on our store now it's a great way to for people to support the band and i felt like a real musician it was like the first time in my life that i could hold like a physical record of mine and be like, oh, my God, I did this. You know, it was a really cool feeling.
1: <laughs> well, that's great. So, Jonas, how can people find you on social media?
0: Um, on Facebook, with The Wilderness. So, www.facebook.com forward slash The Wilderness Kingston. It's the same on Instagram, The Wilderness Kingston, or Um And you follow us on any of those platforms. We also have a Patreon page uh, where you can kick in as much as a cup of coffee every month, and it's like a paid subscription. And you'll be the first to get like customized wilderness wilderness content. Um, my the guitar player Sasha has been spearheading that, and he's he's been figuring out really cool ways to bring Patreon uh, contributors like different content that might not be available on our Facebook page too. So there's a ton of different ways to get involved.
2: Nice, nice.
1: I mean, uh, Jonas, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of The Wilderness. Likewise, buddy. I'm a big fanboy. Um, so anybody listening, please go follow The Wilderness. They're, they're Kingston's best band. You oh, guys are up. working. Shut you up. Guys bring, you guys bring rock and roll right into the lineup. <sighs> and, and, you know, so going back to that, too, like, you, you guys, like, like you're bringing rock and roll alive. Like, what, what do you think the hopes are for rock and roll right now?
0: Rock and roll isn't going anywhere, baby.
1: There we go. There we go.
0: It's a live yeah, like, well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, my brother, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this has been a great chat. My pleasure. Uh, Thanks so much yeah. for having me. Uh, yeah, we, we'd love to have you back
0: on, man. Man, please. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Thanks, brother. Take care. It was nice to see you. Take it easy. Bye.